Anyways, we're going to pray and then we're going to look at uh, some of our our summer vision here, our plans for the summer. Really, it's going to be a two-part series. We're going to talk about... um, uh, part of it this morning, really some things related to some summer fun, and uh, if that's okay that a church has fun, anyone think that's okay? Good. Um, if not, please uh, stay seated, you need to hear this. Um, but uh, and next week we'll also talk about summer faith. You know, there's some things that God has for us that are going to also require some faith, and so we're going to have a, some faith and some fun here, but uh, I'll go ahead and pray, and we'll, we'll jump into this. Well, Heavenly Father, we do just thank you again for just the opportunity to, to be together as, as one church in one location. Lord, we uh, just love worshiping you together. We love having fellowship together and serving one another. And God, we just ask you to meet us here in this one location this morning and, and speak to us. Lord, as we look at these verses, I pray that um, you would, through your spirit, you would speak to our hearts and have us uh, bring our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions in line with your will and what you want for each one of us this summer and what you want for this church this summer. And so uh, we just look to you for this grace. We thank you for being here with us. We, we welcome your presence and ask you to be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Boy. Uh, this, I, I try to pick a, a, a PowerPoint template that would be summary, and yet that would express what's been going on in Colorado the last several, uh, several weeks here. This is actually a picture from the Platte River down at Confluence Park there, so uh, if you haven't been down there, you should check that out. But um, no, anyways, it has been uh, quite, a, quite a month or two as far as rain goes, hasn't it? Um, let's see, we are going to, um, again... Got a few verses. You got a handout here. Oh, let's get those handouts passed out. This is this is your cue. All right. Uh, there's a handout coming your way, and if you need a pen, raise your hand too. We've got pens as well, so uh, the the gal with the pens will give those to you, and hopefully you get a handout too. We are going to have fun this summer and this morning, and we're also going to take notes, please. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we'll get this next verse up here. I think. Okay. Here's a. Here's a couple verses we're going to look at. So, um, again, if, if you've been with us for a while, we had a plan, and we're sticking with that plan. Uh, sometimes if you weren't in on the plan, it's, it's hard to know where we're at, where we're going. But we did have a plan starting at Easter to be meeting in two locations for two months, April, all of April, all of May. And, and that was a, a great time. And then our plan also was, and then when it comes time for the summer, we're going to try to decide what's the best setup for, for meeting together this summer, whether it's push on through in two locations, whether it's bring everyone back together. And we ended up making the call uh, as pastors that it seemed good to be back together for the summer months. Sometimes there can be a lot of travel and, and people coming and going. There can be an attrition in, in attendance. And uh, we just thought, boy, it would be encouraging to be together. It's going to be exciting. I think we're going to take turns, if you haven't already heard, we're going to take turns serving on Sunday mornings. One week, um, people from the south are going to be serving, like in, in the band or in the Sunday school. The next week, people in the Highlands location will be serving in the band and uh, some other ministries here. So it's going to be kind of fun exercise of just taking turns serving the body of Christ together. I think it's going to be a, a neat thing here. So anyways, but um, you know, in, in some ways, uh, there were... A lot, of, a lot of good things happened in, in the last two months as we were kind of trying to assess uh, people serving and people stepping up in responsibility and uh, people stepping out in faith 
there were so many good things from these last two months that some people have asked, well, why? Why would we come back together as one? Why not just push on through? And, you know, I think there's probably a number of different reasons, but one of the reasons also would be um, one of the prerequisites we had going into our our plans of two locations and and launching a Southside location and one of the prerequisites was that our, our finances were in a, in a strong place, in a place that, uh, you know, that we didn't have to worry about them and we could base everything else off of that foundation. And we did, as some of you know, kind of a, a finance campaign sort of thing last October. We talked about honoring God with a tithe or a tenth of your income and, and offerings beyond that. And a number of you responded in, in you know, making that commitment to honor God with your tithe, to test God with a tithe. And, you know, and, and there, there was a good response to that. There was even some extra money that came in for like a buffer. And so we were operating the last number of months in this kind of world where our expenses and our income, they kind of just, they met each other each month and, and life was good. And we didn't even think about it in our pastor's meeting hardly at all. Well, it, it happened to be the case that uh, in, after meeting in uh, two locations for one month, um, things changed. For whatever reason, our finances took a significant hit. There was a significant deficit between our expenses and, and our income. And we don't know exactly why. Sometimes anomalies like that happen. Uh, sometimes people can forget the check in their checkbook, their wallet, or, or whatever it is. Uh, forget to log on and, and do that online which you can now do. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, it was a real tough month, and the buffer that we had as a church was, was hit pretty hard. So then all of a sudden, that, that prerequisite, that foundation for, for our plans became something that we're kind of going, oh, this, did it relate to being in two locations? Did it have nothing to do with that? We don't really know, but it seems like it'd be good to come together and just strengthen things. Um, we talked with one of our, our regional directors um, uh, just about... The region would love to. They help churches do things like launch a second location. They kick in funds to help start another church. And so they're willing to do that. But often they do that, or at least nowadays, they do that more in a matching funds sort of way. And they said, you know, we'd be glad to match you up to $50,000 or whatever it is. Um, and so that's, that's got a lot of potential. But we didn't really have a plan for doing a fundraiser for, for launching two locations. And so that was a new thought. The idea of being matched in funds is a great idea. But through our discussion, we realized that um, as a church, we had maybe grown, uh, grown used to having a buffer uh, in, in our, uh, our finances that was maybe less than it should be. Our buffer was probably one month of expenses or less. And so when we had a really hard month, all of a sudden... Uh, you know, it makes you can't do two of those in a row. You can't string three of those in a row or else there's big problems. And, you know, many of us have taken the, uh, the Dave Ramsey uh, Financial Peace University. Any of you taken that? Any, yes, all right. Any of you bought a house in cash here recently? And uh, No, we're, we're all working on that, but uh, that's, that's where we're headed. But we realize just from some of the advice that we're, we're applying from the scriptures to our lives personally about having an emergency fund and having a short-term savings account from three to six months, we realize as a church, we've not been operating by those same principles. We, we were like, you know, Greg and I, being full-time staff, are just kind of happy that the checks are coming in regularly. Every month, we got a check. This is good, you know. Buffer, boy, that's, that's really good, but uh, checks are good. And so, um, you know, but it seems like God would probably want us to strengthen our, our, our position financially as one church, even uh, as we think about two locations. And so we have some plans we'll be talking about um, throughout the summer, 
probably really headed into the fall, there'll be some stewardship things to be thinking about and, and how that ties into launching two locations. And a lot of that, you know, really we're going to throw that out to you all to join us in praying that God makes that known to us. And here's a couple blanks to fill out. We'll give them to you all at once here. Um, if you haven't figured it out, we are going to be meeting together in one location this summer. So be, fill in the blank here, be excited, be excited, be encouraged, be enthused, be dejected. No, no, not that one. That's, that's not what we're supposed to be. Um, and that is why we have this verse here. You know, um, just a couple of these verses, I, I really had kind of thought and maybe even wondered if, if God would not have us be two locations and push through for the summer and we just kind of take off and one, lo- one church, two locations, they just thrive and then we talk about three and four and whatever. But uh, so the idea of coming back together was a new idea to me. Um, I love so many proverbs that speak to this subject about our plans and God's plans. But this one says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And so we've got some plans. We have some things we feel like God is leading us in. But at the same time, he, he's probably got some steps that we uh, need to just be in line with, be in step with. And so that's part of the summer here. Another verse, I shared this down south one week, and I just continue to think that it relates to us. Um, as I was praying about, God, what do you want me to share for summer vision and for this Sunday morning? There, there's three things he put on my heart, but one of them really relates to this verse here. And uh, I'll, I'll just read it. You can read it off your, your sheet there. I think it's printed out. But, you know, Nehemiah was speaking to the people of Israel who had returned back to Jerusalem. They had been rebuilding. They were reading the scriptures. They, they were feeling really convicted that how much they had missed out on and things like that. But he, he said, um, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It goes on to say, and and they celebrated, and there was great joy. And, you know, I think in some ways, I don't know what your expectations were for the summer plans and and two locations. And maybe you had thought we would be in in two different locations all summer long, and maybe not. And, And maybe you can feel a little sad and dejected that... The plans you might have had in your heart are are not maybe what are playing out now. I know there can be a tug of war in my own heart about that. But but I do think that the, the thing that God wants us to catch this morning, each one of us, is do not be dejected about the plans that are before us this summer. As a matter of fact, be be encouraged, be excited. Um, the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength this summer. And so um, there's a couple verses. Let's... Uh, I, you can see if this fits in the blank there. I think I worded it differently. But one of the things I think God wants us to do is let's have fun together this summer. Let's have fun. You know, I think sometimes Christians can be like known for like, well, if it's fun, it can't be Christian. Or, you know, if, if it's fun, how can a Christian not experience it? There can be these two extremes that we kind of uh, go towards naturally. But I think God wants us to have fun together this summer. Together with him, obviously, in step with him and with one another. A few verses that we have here are... Um, you know, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. This summer, let's enjoy your walk with the Lord. Enjoy that on your own. We're going to enjoy walking with the Lord together. Another verse there, Psalm 133, it just talks about how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in harmony. You know, it's, it's good, it's pleasant, it's pleasing, it's enjoyable to 
to dwell together this summer. I hope you have that attitude. And God commands a blessing there where there's unity and people um, in harmony, enjoying life together. And uh, Ecclesiastes, I, I think about this. Uh, this verse here is from the, the whole passage. Uh, it's a song I could sing to you, but I won't. Um, to every season, turn, turn, turn. Uh, no, I won't go there. Um, Dennis, you want to do a little special here? Uh, spontaneous acapella special. Um, but there's a time for this and a time for that. There's a time, uh, it says here in verse 4 of chapter 3, there's a time to laugh and there's a time to mourn. And, and I think, again, I think God wants us to do a little laughing this summer. Uh, coming off of this series, we just did the seven churches in Revelation, and it was just a hoot, right? Wasn't that just a, that was just so fun, so lighthearted, you know, don't be lukewarm anymore, you heathens, and uh, stop, stop being asleep, and get your first love back again, you loser, and, you know, the, the themes were a little bit strong, and obviously Jesus didn't say that, but they were just really kind of in-your-face teachings, and and there's a time to mourn and grieve and repent. And then there's a time to laugh and, and have some fun. And I do think God has a season uh, of fun, of joy together with him this summer. So don't, uh, I just hope you'd prepare your heart for that. And remember, this is even your pastoral encouragement to each one of you. Please look to the Lord, have some fun. And, and if you've gotten a little uptight about life, just kind of tone it down a little bit. This last verse in that section, Psalm 4610 NAS, it puts it like this, um, cease striving and know that I am God. You know, sometimes we take ourselves too serious and the success of our church or our small group or something, it's just, if, if I just strive harder, uh, it'll be successful. And God, sometimes I think he brings me back to this verse and, and kind of the paraphrase for me is, Rich, just chill out. Let me be God and you just enjoy the ride. You know, one paraphrase says, let go and relax uh, and know that I'm God. You know, God has a plan for us and, and it's not based on my will or yours or um, it's based on what he wants to do and, and we can relax and enjoy the ride and I think this summer is something that he has for us there and so um, we're also gonna uh, we're gonna have fun and we're going to do a couple other things here but I thought in the spirit of having fun again uh, I just know from my own messages the last couple weeks uh, to the the Laodiceans and those who are soiled in Sardis and those who, um, you know, all those different themes were, were really pretty intense. And I do think it is good for us to, to laugh sometimes. And so I, I brought a, I have a video for us to watch here that this is, uh, you know, God's sense of humor. I, I'd love to do a teaching on this. I have in the past. But God's sense of humor is one that having fun is, it can be clean. It doesn't have to be crude. It doesn't have to be, um, and we've stumbled across these recently as a family. There's a series of, uh, I think they're comedy outreaches. Each one is done in a church. This one, he kind of picks on one of the pastors at that church a little bit. But it's just a comedy series that, that's fun. It's an enjoyable thing. And uh, I've been having fun with this with my family here lately, and I thought I'd share that with you. So maybe just enjoy a couple minutes of, of some fun here, and then we'll get on to a little more serious stuff to uh, counteract that. So anyways, uh, please enjoy. I know, a little weird. This is my buddy Sumo. He's from Japan. Sumo! Hey. 
sumo song. Jago san. Hi, hi. All right, good. Sumo's from Japan. Sumo, say hello to everybody here. Hello, everybody. So nice to meet you. Sumo, you're representing the great nation of Japan. As an envoy from your wonderful nation, Japan, Sumo, what do you say to these hardworking people here tonight? We have all your money. Oh, stop it! <laughs> that is not why we're here. Sumo and I want to do something a little special here tonight. For thou shalt left. Sumo doesn't work alone. No, Sumo's got a dream. He wants to meet young lady sitting right here with your hands crossed. I need your help right now up here on stage. Give her a big round of applause coming up here. Your steps. Oh, no. Come over here. Sit down in that seat right there and face the audience. What is your name? Zara. Zara, nice to meet you. Where are you from? I'm from Studio City. Okay, beautiful. Thanks for coming. The Valley. Oh. <laughs> Zara, the show's going to change. Okay. Sumo sits here. Okay. Oh. Okay. You take your right hand, put it up inside his head, all the way in there. There's nothing in there like most men. Put your thumb underneath his mouth. Put your four fingers on top. That's it. He sits back in your lap. Okay. The audience is going to laugh. They're not laughing at you. Okay? You can take this hand away. Don't have the puppet stare. That'll freak people out. Okay? Very good. They're going to laugh a lot. To make Sumo say the word hello, that's a two-syllable word. So, Zara, open and close his mouth really big two times. Hello. Hello. Good. Hello, Sumo. Hello. Perfect. That's excellent. Except I'm over here. Yeah, that's it. Hello, Sumo. Hello. Good. Whenever you open and close the puppet mouth, I'll fit words in there like it's a bad Godzilla movie, okay? Don't stare. Are you okay? Sumo, are you okay? I am okay. All right. You're enjoying yourself. I... Yeah. All right. Okay, we got a show. We're going to improvise. I need more help. Young lady sitting right there. Come on up here. Give her a big round of applause, everybody. Stand right here. What is your name? Nicole. Nicole, nice to meet you. Where are you from? Here. Right here. I love it. Great. All right. Paco, you're okay? I am still staring at the man. Okay, fair enough. Nicole, you put your hand inside there. You're going to operate Paco. Sumo, are you with us? I am okay. I... Mm, yeah. All right. Move up here a little bit, Nicole. Paco, you doing all right? I am cool. All right, good. You're doing a great job. What's going to happen is we're going to have a little puppet orchestra. Well, sorry. We're going to have a little puppet orchestra. Let's see. Who else can I get to help me out up here? Young gentleman sitting right here with the black on. No, you're a little shy. You don't want to. How about you? Come on up here. Give her a big round of applause. Sumo. Sumo. Yeah. Have you met Zara? She's right behind you. No, don't do that. My neck. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. What is your name? Ingrid. Ingrid. Yes. I know it's kind of scary. I need you to come over here though and stand right here. Okay. It's going to be difficult. Put your hand inside Romeo's back, all the way up into his head. If you can figure that out, it's a little difficult. Got it. Paco, don't stare. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Very good, Nicole. Okay. I need one more volunteer. Young man, come on up here. Give him a big round of applause. Little girl, little man. We'll take the little man. Come on up here. Romy, you okay? Yeah, I think I'm okay. All right. Come on. Oh, you got some fans here. Oh, good. You're cocky. I like that. Put your hand inside here. 
You're going to operate Juliet. What is your name? Adam. All right, Adam. Perfect. This will be Eve. You're going to be perfect, all right? <laughs> Arm under here. Whoa, here. We now have a puppet orchestra. Sumo, you're with me. I am right here. All right, all right. Paco, you're good? He's okay. Romeo? I don't have a foot. Okay. But you're going to be all right, right? I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, I can't, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going nuts. All right, all right, all right. Juliet, you okay? I am okay. Yeah, I can't stop talking that I'm okay. All right. Adam, good job. You're going to be great. Sumo, do you know how to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat? I do know how to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. I do earned this song. All right. Do you know how to sing Row, Row Your Boat? See, I do. Do you know how to sing Row, Row, Row Your Boat, Romeo? I, yeah, I think so. I, uh-huh, I, mm-hmm, yes. Okay. I love the way you guys work together. Yeah, that's nice. Do you know how to sing? Yeah. We're going to get through this. Sumo, you start. Mm, row, row, row. You're in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the. All right, Zara. You got to remember I have a diaphragm and I can't keep going on and on and on. Paco. Gently down the street, street. Narrowly, 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 narrowly. I love the way your mouth moves at the same time. That is awesome. Juliet, big finish with Adam. It's not uncommon around our house. We, we obviously share verses with one another constantly throughout the day, but uh, occasionally you'll hear a row, 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 your boat. It's kind of fun, this inside joke there. But anyways, you have permission to have some fun this summer in small groups, you know, ask your small group leader, but I think it's going to be okay. In, in church, we're going to have fun on, you know, I just think God wants us to have some fun. And yet, uh, when it comes to fun, that's not a license to do. Sometimes there can be things out in this world that the world might think are fun, and there's probably, we got to balance uh, that with this next point here. We're going to talk about the, um, so here, here the, the point, you can fill in the blank here. There's not enough space for this one, but you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. Jesus told his followers this, you are the salt of the earth, so be salty. You can think of it maybe in one way about uh, sometimes sweet and salty go together. Let's call that the fun, the sweet part of it, and the salty, the other part of it here that we will need to walk in a balance. You know, we're going to have fun, and yet we need to, let's look at this verse here. Just Jesus said, again, he said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. Again, uh, you know, he didn't say you are to be, try to be. He said you are. 
the salt of the earth. And so we need to uh, do that. I love how the message, uh, the message Bible paraphrases this. It says, um, let me tell you why, why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and you will end up in the garbage. But God has designed us to be what draws out the flavor, the God flavor in life. Life is naturally bland. This world is it's bland, it's predictable. Selfishness is predictable. Uh, worldliness is predictable. It comes naturally. We are to be the salt that, that stands out here. And so... Um, uh, the next blank you have here to fill out is, you know, I think God wants us to live in contrast to the ways of this world. You know, there's a lot of different properties salt has. Uh, it was fun. Last week I was traveling and we went to a wedding and then we went to a church service where my wife grew up in her old town of uh, Ida Grove, actually Arthur, Iowa, right next to Ida Grove. Went to church there and they were talking about being salt and light and we went to a wedding and they talked about being salt and I was thinking about that already, um, but it came in handy to hear a few more illustrations and things. But, um, you know, they talked about all the different properties of salt. Salt is, it preserves things. Salt, uh, you know, salt stings when you get it in a wound. Salt back in the days was a, even a form of, of value, of currency, things like that. But really the thing that, that I want to highlight is salt, right here, Jesus is just using it to contrast the, the world and the world's ways. You know, each time this passage appears, uh, it's in sharp contrast to what, what life is like. Being a disciple is, is salty. And what life in this world naturally is, is opposite of that. This one, this passage here is on the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Some would say one of the most challenging teachings Jesus ever did on what it is supposed to be like to be a disciple of Jesus. And he, he finishes it by saying, or in, includes in this, the idea of, you're to be salt, just like I've just described in the, this last, you know, chapter, the next couple chapters. You know, Jesus was teaching on that. And he's saying, you are to be salt, like this. And, and it's to contrast with the things of the world. The same is true in Luke chapter 14. He talks about some of the extreme high callings of being a disciple of Jesus who loves uh, Jesus above any other relationship, loves Jesus above any other thing in this world. And he goes on to say, by the way, you're to be salt don't lose your saltiness. And so, you know, we want to we have fun this summer. We're going to be doing barbecues. You're going to be doing things. You know, small groups are going to be having a lot of flexibility this summer to, to do things that seem like they will meet the need or, or reach into people's world you're trying to, um, you know, share God's love with. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things, and, and there's going to be a lot of fun things. But we also want to make sure we're being salty in those settings as well. You know, again, contrasting... Uh, this world is all about the here and now and the temporary. And God always is calling us to think eternally, think beyond just the here and now. This world is uh, naturally tends towards ungodly things, unholy things, worldly things. We are called to, to be holy, to be godly, to think heavenly, um, to live Christ-centered lives. Self-centeredness comes so easy in this world. And so those are some things to be thinking about. We need to be aware of becoming deluded by this world. You know, um, just doing some, some uh, research on, on via Google here about salt and things that cause salt to um, 
lose its flavor or be diluted. You know, there's discussion, there's debate over, well, can salt actually lose its saltiness or not? And, you know, I, I think the idea that Jesus was getting at is that salt can break down. Salt dissolves easily in water. And when it dissolved in water, the more water you put, the more diluted the, the salt becomes. And I think Jesus' point was, don't get watered down. You guys are, are the salt. Don't let this world dilute you. And we have to have fun and be loving people, and yet we got to make sure we're still salty this summer. Beware of being deluded. And then one specific facet I want to draw out is that, you know, I believe God wants us to be salty in our conversations this summer while we're having fun, while we're meeting people. Uh, a verse here, Colossians 4, 6, talks about salt in this way. And it says, um, Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, I think salt is, we need, we need to season our conversations. You know, what happens when you have too much salt in a, in a situation? Good or not good? Not good. Generally, if you've spent too much time in the ocean and you get too much salt, it's eventually you get nauseous. I get nauseous. I don't know. Too much salt in food, bad thing. If you put uh, one of the things they used to do back in the days when they wanted to devastate a, a city or a town, what did they do to their fields? They poured salt in them so that things could not grow. Too much is a bad thing. Um, and yet, some in a bland world is, is a, right, a fitting thing, a helpful thing. So we want to make sure our conversations are salty this summer. Um, you know, again, that has to do with the right timing and the right, uh, maybe, volume of, of salt, things like that. Uh, uh, a proverb I think about here along that lines is... Um, If a man loudly blesses his neighbor early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. You know, if you think about that, if you you want to try to bless someone, and yet you do it loudly, and you do it really early in the morning. You know, if you're like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good early bird person around here. Think about, um, oh, any early birds out here? Any non-early bird people? Oh, there we go. But (laughs) So if you're an early bird and you get up and you're, Walking around the house singing, oh, what a beautiful morning, or zippity-doo-dah, or something like that. And the non-early bird people are still waking up. You know, he's saying, hey, even a blessing, loud blessing early in the morning, it's going to come across as a curse. Sometimes we think we've got the word of God and people need it. Well, it's true. And it's living and it's active and it's divine and has an authority. And yet, the wrong time or the wrong volume uh, is... It's not a good thing. It's not a fitting thing. So we have to watch out for how we do it. I remember a time back when I was just a, a new Christian full of a, a lot of zeal and still catching up on knowledge. Um, uh, somehow I was, we had some gal that we were reaching out to from our small group and uh, a couple of us were together at a restaurant. Some of the girls worked there. And I just remember trying to be salty and working the verse into the conversation. One of the girls we were reaching out to was being very, very crass, very crude in her humor. And, you know, she was attractive and things like that, but she was kind of proud of it. And, and so I just remember somehow in our conversation with just a few of us sitting together, I brought in the old proverb that talks about um, like a beautiful woman uh, without discretion or prudence or manners. Uh, it's kind of like putting a gold ring in a pig's snout, you know. And somehow I brought that up in the conversation. And let's just say uh, we didn't see her again. You know, that's a, uh, that was probably the wrong timing and the wrong way to go about it. And I, I felt like I had a good heart about it, but I learned later there's ways to do things and there's ways not to. And um, but we we had to make sure. You know, sometimes we just go, "This is God's word," and just lay the hammer down. And well, you know, I trust that somehow God might have used that, if nothing else, for you know helping me walk a little more humbly after that. But uh, uh, anyways. 
You know, there's some practicals here as far as working um, salty conversation, uh, working salt into your conversations. And there's a sheet on back here that I'd love for you guys to, we don't have time to go through it all here, but you can just look through some of the ways that you might work um, salty things, seasoning your conversations as you go, and not pouring out the whole salt shaker at one time, but looking for those opportunities. Some of the best ones I just want to highlight are the end here, you know, where you, you maybe dialogue and you're finding out their church background, things like that. But you eventually can get to a question of, um, you know, one, if you have a track, I know Dennis trained us in this, but if you have one of these booklets here and, and you can just give this to them and let them, you know, say, have you ever thought of this question? And, you know, it has, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? But, um, you know, that's something that as you're conversing, you don't want to just, uh, uh, nice to meet you, what's your name? Uh, if you die tonight, you're going to heaven. You know, you want to work your way into that. Um, but, but that's a question that, that I think is a, a real salty one that helps you even uh, set up an opportunity for the gospel. That's, that's like question nine, eight, nine, uh, let's see, eight, nine, ten, um, right there at the, the salty question. So anyways, God asked you, uh, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Those are just ways. And then the last one, you know, if there's a way to know for sure you could have eternal life. Um, would you want to know it? And really, I, I throw those questions out to you this morning. If, uh, how sure are you that if you died tonight, you'd go to heaven? I encourage you to think through your own percentage, maybe before you ask someone else these questions. And if God said, hey, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? And, and then the last question I would leave you with here is just even to think about if there was a way to know for sure, because the Bible has said that you can know for sure you have eternal life. And if you're here with us this morning, we, we want to make sure that you know for sure, that you have a confidence about where you're going, and, and that your confidence is placed the same place that, that God says it should be, which is in his son, Jesus Christ. But we'd love to, I'd love to share with you more about that if you're not for sure, if you'd like to maybe just even strengthen your confidence about eternal life. Myself, any one of the pastors here would be glad to, to help you with that. But those are some things that you can work in your conversations here. The last part we're just going to talk about, we want to have fun, we want to be salt, and we want to be light is the last one here. You are the light of this world. So, the blank I just have there, so shine. You are the light of this world, so shine. You are light. And it's a matter of shine. And just read this verse real quick. You're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. So again, you are the light of the world. So, so shine. A couple, you know, just facets to, to help kind of draw that out. But, you know, it says shine with your good deeds. Uh, I hope you know. I don't know what you guys covered in the... the letter to the church in Laodicea, but Jesus said, hey, come to me to get gold refined in the fire and to get pure garments to clothe yourself and, and salve for your eyes to see. But the garments that uh, we looked at there um, were garments, he talks about clothing in garments of righteousness, one by the blood of Christ. But in Revelations 19, he says that the bride of Christ will be clothed with fine linen garments that are, it goes in, in on to say that those are the good deeds of the saints. You know, he wants us to be doing good deeds, that we are to be clothed in those verses without clothing um, and good deeds. And so, um, anyways, and God has some of those prepared for us to walk into this summer. We need to watch for that. We need to do it in such a way that 
that God gets the glory. You know, some people would say the next chapter here, chapter 6 in Matthew, talks about doing your deeds in such a way that nobody else notices. And, and uh, whereas the Pharisees would draw attention, if they did good, they'd blow a trumpet. Now, how do you do, how do you balance those? But I think it really comes down to your motivation, your motives. Why would you do good deeds? Are you doing them to get noticed? Are you doing them to, to blow the trumpet for yourself, to toot your own horn? Or are you doing it so that God is glorified? And I think motives make all the difference between one chapter and five and chapter six on that subject. Um, lastly, you know, again, you, uh, I love the, this part of the verse that says, Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. You know, um, you are the light of the world. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, um, you are being a light. And I just want you to know this summer, you are the light. In, in your workplace, you are the light that God has placed there. In your neighborhood, you are the light that is supposed to shine there. In your family, you are the light. God has placed you specifically around the people that he has for you to shine there. You're, you're a light, and he's placed you. I love that idea there. It says a, a lamp is placed places to shine. God has not accidentally placed any one of you in the places you will be when you walk out of here, the places you'll be Monday morning. God has placed you and he wants you to shine. He wants you to to do good things as he gives you opportunity. He wants you to be salty there. Um, And and the last part about being a light is, you know, the reality is as if you think about being a, a lamp Uh, In some ways, uh, the Holy Spirit is really the source of light in us. We, in and of ourselves, are not that light apart from the Holy Spirit. We have the light of Christ in us. And we are like a lamp, and He's placed us places. But the degree to which you will shine is directly related to the degree uh, to which the Holy Spirit is in control of your life. When the Holy Spirit's in control of your life, you will shine in those places. If the Holy Spirit's not in control and your flesh is, you will not shine. You will be bland. You will be deluded. You will not stand out against the darkness. Um, and we need to know that when the Holy Spirit is in charge and, and leading our lives, when we're yielded, filled with the Spirit, then you will shine. This verse here says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. You know, we want to shine this summer in the places that we're placed and to make sure there's no, no sin. Uh, there's no uh, witness of your life that's discrediting the name of Christ. And if there is, it's okay to be honest about that and call it sin and turn from that so that the Spirit can shine in and through you in those places that you are, that it will stand out against the, the darkness you'll be placed in as, as you go out you know, in the different places God has you here this summer. But anyways, those are, uh, again, you know, I think God wants us this summer to be salt and, and to be light. And I think he wants us also to have fun, to enjoy the summer together with him, with one another. And so I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. I think we have enough time to wrap up with a song here after that. So I'll, I'll pray and we'll have the band come up. Lord Jesus, we do just thank you for the plans you have for us. Lord, we thank you that... Um, just even as a verse in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says that you know the plans. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for a hope and a future. Lord, we thank you that you have good plans for us. That we can relax and we can enjoy you and one another as you carry out your plans with us. And, and Lord, I just pray it would be a fun summer. And yet it would be a summer where we are being salt and we are being light. And, and you're being glorified by it all. We ask for your help in this. We ask for your spirit to fill us for this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.